Welcome to the Cathedral of the Rockies Amity's Campuses podcast. My name is Tyler and I work here at Cathedral of the Rockies. Today is our first episode with our interim pastor, Brian Thee. Brian is a retired UMC pastor originally from Ohio. He has graciously agreed to step into the role of interim pastor while we search for a new permanent pastor here at the Amity campus. And again, apologies, I'm a little behind on the podcast episodes. I'm going to be working to try and get those caught up to real time. In the meantime, with this first episode of 2024, Brian is kicking off a sermon series titled Wrestling with God. In this series, we will explore some pretty difficult topics within Christianity and throughout Christian history, and hopefully wrestle with them together in a healthy way. And just as a reminder, you can always check out our church, Cathedral of the Rockies, on our website and on our social media platforms. There you can see what is going on in the life of our church and even connect with us online. Links are in the show notes where you can check us out. And with that, enjoy today's sermon. Well, we're embarking on a sermon series, uh, Wrestling with God, and most of us, or many of us that know the Bible know that that's really a story about Jacob, and uh, when I was uh, talking with Dwayne, we talked about, uh, I said, you know, Dwayne, I've, I've always been told when you show up at church the first time, you need to tell them a little bit about your faith journey and a little bit about your call, so uh, I can't quite start with Jacob because I don't quite relate to him uh, as well as I do uh, Abraham. So I'm going to tell you the story of the call of Abraham, and then we'll maybe move into, but there was wrestling with God in my faith journey and my call. So it's still, I think it still works. Uh, so I want to share from Genesis 12, verses 1 to 5. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abraham took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons who they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Right. You know that stuff, huh? I struggle a little bit sometimes with allergies, so uh, my voice, I apologize. But I do want to share a little bit about my faith journey, a little bit about my call and uh, just start by saying I was raised in the church, and I loved, I loved, I loved church. Uh, I particularly loved worship. I did Sunday school, and that was fine. I did uh, youth group stuff, and that was fine. But I liked uh, going to church. I liked hearing what the pastor had to say about Jesus, had to say about the saints like Abraham and Sarai. Uh, I loved hearing that. I loved thinking about life and 
and, and how to live it. And my friends went to church too. Some of them went to different churches. But I just kind of assumed, you know, we all just believe in God and that was our thing. And I went off to college and, you know, play the ominous music, right? Bum, bum, bum. I went off to college, and I was sitting in, in a, a, a restaurant having a beer with a few friends, and uh, one of them was an atheist, and he just started kind of arguing not the existence of God, and uh, that really shook my faith. It really, uh, it threw me, and that was a moment, and I don't know how long we talked, uh, but at the end of that evening, I was at Miami University in Ohio at the time. And I walked back to my, my dorm uh, by myself, and uh, there's an area of the campus that's really set in kind of the rolling hills, and it's just beautiful. Not a lot of light, so you can see the stars. We know something about that in Idaho, and how you don't get to see stars. So when God promises Abraham as many stars as there are in the sky, we think, oh, you know, is that 12? But uh, I, uh, in that moment, I looked up and saw these stars. It was so beautiful, and I just felt God saying to me, uh, this isn't an accident. This beauty isn't an accident. You're not an accident. And um, that was a moment. That was a moment of, of a sense of certainty of my faith. Um, the next step was uh, wrestling with this issue that I read in the Bible, this issue of, of Jesus uh, being the Son of God. And uh, I think we have a, a slide on that. Uh, who do people say that I, I am? Um, you can, we can read that. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they, you know, they said all sorts of stuff, but then they said, who do you say that I am? And I was really struggling with this idea of Jesus as the Son of God, as, as something divine, and uh, wrestling with that. And I was in a Methodist church, and I, I love the Methodist church because we're not a creedal church. You don't have to, to believe spe specific things to belong. Uh, I just think you just have to want to be on the journey somehow, some way. So I never felt like an outsider, but this was now an important question in my life. And um, I was talking to a friend and, and said, I'm really struggling with this idea. And I didn't know this friend had this deep of faith. And he said, well, who else talks like that? Who else talks like Jesus? And um, I'd been a seeker. I'd read philosophy books. I'd taken philosophy of, you know, of, of religion in college and um, those, those kind of things. And, uh, and I thought about it. Yeah, who says love your enemy? Who says the first will be last and the last will be first? Who says you're blessed when you're poor or you're mourning or things aren't going well for you? Who says stuff like that? Who says the kingdom of heaven is like? And they're talking as if they've been there. They've seen it. They know the whole story. And that was a moment for me. That's a moment when I accepted the divinity of Jesus Christ. Um, I think the last step in that for me was uh, maybe I was 28 years old, still feeling like, still feeling kind of like a seeker, and uh, listening to a, uh, <clears throat> a, a preacher on the radio and, and talking about, you know, God loves us so much, he sent his, his son 
to die for us. And I think we have that scripture as well that I, I definitely want to read. I love the way we talk about it. Paul talks about it in Romans. God proves his love for us and that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Thank you. At our worst moment, God says, I still believe in you. And that's one of those moments, you know, John Wesley, we talk about John Wesley, the founder of United Methodist, his heart was strangely warmed. That's the moment when it moved from here to here. I am by training an engineer. Everything has to start here and then go here later. Do you know those people? I'm sorry. <laughs> Takes a while. Uh, but I felt that love of God. I felt that full um, uh, that full embrace and that love of God. And, and, and that is kind of my faith journey into the Christian faith. And I love that in the United Methodist Church that, that we understand people are on the faith journey. You don't have to say, I believe all these things, whether you believe them or not, right? So uh, along the way, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my call now. Along the way, uh, I, I got married and had three kids. Uh, I've since been divorced, uh, so that's part of my journey too. Uh, but I had, uh, we had three kids, and um, I'll show you a picture of them now. There they are. Those are my three kids. And uh, turnabout's fair play. If you want to show, pictures, uh, show me pictures of your kids or grandkids on the way out, you're allowed to do that. Equal opportunity employer here, whatever you want to call it. Um, but they were little at one time, and I love that picture of them because they're getting along there. That's rare. <laughs> they do better now, but uh, they were little. They were maybe uh, five and four years old, and someone gave us a children's Bible for Christmas. And I was like, well, okay, I'll read that to them, you know, and holiday season, everything's busy, but January 1, we sat down, and I read the children's Bible to them, and they responded so well to that. They were so excited about that. They were so excited to know God loved them, and it was just another one of those things where you go, this is so cool, and then I said, well, Brian, why are you doing this for them and not for yourself? There was a guy I worked with who'd come in 20 minutes early every day, open his Bible, and do his devotion, and that was a witness to me. And I hope you're hearing through all this. Uh, I didn't do this alone. We're, we're on this faith journey together, and uh, someone sitting three rows back and four, four seats over may be a big part of your journey, or uh, we, don't, we just don't know, and we never know. Uh, so I started, I just decided to read a scripture uh, verse every morning, uh, a scripture, uh, a chapter, started with the New Testament. That was beginning of January, and in mid-April, uh, meanwhile, um, I had a job as an IT manager. I started as a programmer and then did lead projects, and then I managed the project's managers, and um, it just felt like that door was closing for me. So I was feeling some angst about life because uh, my wife at, at the time was home with the kids. I was the sole provider, and, you know, I looked at other IT careers and all that, and it just felt like, uh, it felt like my back was to the wall. So, uh, one morning, I was uh, doing my morning devotion, which uh, I've faithfully done ever since, not saying I've uh, unfailingly done it, but faithfully done ever since. Um, I was doing my morning devotion, and I just felt like 
set this aside and I said, you know, God, I don't know where I'm going here. And this question came to my mind, am I supposed to be a pastor? I don't, I think God put that in my mind. And I said, um, if I am, I want to see a sign, maybe something moving. And uh, I was, yeah, <laughs> this is a weird story. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, call stories aren't normal, right? <clears throat> I, uh, I was sitting in our family room at a kind of a bar and looking into the kitchen, and uh, I looked up, and you know, nothing's going to be moving at 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, maybe the cat, but probably not. And I just saw something, I couldn't see it, and then I saw something go like this, and it was a star. And we had hung stars for my son's birthday party, and uh, this is kind of part of the reason I connect with Abraham, because God tells him, you know, stars are part of his call. God tells him, uh, you know, you'll have as many, him and Sarah, you'll have as many offspring as there are stars in the heaven, and so there's a connection with that. I also had a grandfather who's a United Methodist pastor, and stars were, had something to do with his calling. And our, Bible, our stories don't always match up exactly with the Bible, but it is our job to figure out how our life fits into God's story, the story of the saints in the Scripture. So uh, I felt like that was a yes that I was called to the ministry. I spoke to, I was in a church with two pastors. I spoke to both of them. I went to the seminary. I went and visited a seminary. I spoke to a district superintendent. And that was mid, middle of April. Uh, at the end of June, June 28th, uh, the district superintendent had given me two churches, two churches that were uh, yoked together. And I was preaching before I had my first seminary class. Now, what I didn't know at the time, I went to seminary, I told people this story, and they were like, oh, really? Yeah, it was just two months. And they, they like, questioned me a lot, and I was like, what's going on here? Well, most of them had struggled with the call for one year, three years, eight years, ten years. And I just kind of went, and that's how I relate to Abraham. He just went, and that's where I connect as well. Um, I don't know if that was faithful or a little bit crazy, uh, I went from a salary of almost 80000 a year to $9,800 a year. <sighs> yeah, stressful, stressful. Three kids and uh, a mom at home with them. So um, it was a leap of faith, uh, but um, something happened through all that. Uh, I'd tell my story, and people would be inspired by it, but then they'd kind of put me on the super-Christian pedestal, and I never bought it. I want to tell you, I never bought it. Because I think the call of Abraham, I think the call of the disciples, you know, who just dropped their careers, their livelihoods, I think the call of pastors uh, are, are not to be something that set them above others, but it's supposed to be a, like a billboard or an illustrative or hyperbolic, larger than life, to say we're all called to big things. And not as the culture defines it. It's not about fa fame or fortune or wealth. I believe we're all called to very big things. And I had a friend who once said, uh, you know, this guy at work was having a hard time. They reorged and he got demoted and I just felt bad for him. And I, I took him to, to lunch and sometime later he said, you know, that really meant so much to me. That was such a big deal. And he said, he thought that was such a big deal and I didn't do anything. And I think that's our mindset. You know, Jesus said, with a faith, faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. 
And, and we deal with souls one at a time. And it's a tremendous multiplier effect. And we have to remember that. Sometimes we say, oh, how many, how many people came to our event and all those things, and we count bodies. But I think we're about looking underneath, looking in deeper. We're about souls. And the multiplier effect on a soul, if you help one person uh, feel loved, uh, that, and they share that with the people they know, and then there's this eternity thing, right? The multiplier effect of what we do, what we're called to do, uh, is, is just enormous. And I don't, I don't think we can forget that. I think that is so important. There's a um, wonderful book I read. It's, it's dark at times, called Devil in the White City. Uh, but there's stories about a man named Daniel Burnham who uh, ran the Chicago's World's Fair in 1893, and um, it was called the World's Columbian Exposition then. But he had a saying, make no little plans, for they have no magic to make people's blood boil. And I love that. I love that. I think we're called to do very big things. And the call of Abram and the disciples or a, a, a person who walks away from a lucrative IT career to to, to go into ministry, which doesn't pay so great, not complaining, just stating facts, I'm good. I'm good. Those are meant to tell us, to show us all in picture form that we're all called, we're all called uh, to do big things. Dwight Pryor is a biblical scholar uh, who talks about that biblical passage, uh, uh, the Great Commission, we call it, uh, Go Make Disciples of All Nations. That's the mission of the United Methodist Church, to make disciples of all nations. And I like to tell people, some people think it's all about saving souls. And it's like, well, if we make a disciple, I think their soul is good, right? You with me? We have a little bit of a different message. There's nothing wrong with saving souls. But I think when we look beyond that and say, uh, we want people to have a relationship with Christ, with their neighbor, with God, and a good, healthy view of themselves, uh, I believe that's what being a disciple of Jesus Christ is about. Dwight Pryor uh, takes that phrase, uh, go make disciples of all nations, and he says it is possible to translate that slightly different. doesn't change things a whole lot, but it helps us understand something really important. Uh, you can change that phrase to say, in your going, make disciples of Jesus Christ. Just do what you're already doing. We can't ha all have this big call in ministry. Somebody's got to grow the potatoes, right? <laughs> Somebody's got to teach the children. Somebody's got to build the schools and the library. We need all this stuff. But all of us can, in our going, show kindness, love, reach out to people in a way that may not seem big, that can make an enormous impact on people's lives. I'm so concerned about, and, and this thought has been in my mind lately, about uh, there's been youth suicides, but every age demographic is at risk. And you might not think that a small act of kindness could make a difference in someone's life. I think we absolutely have to believe otherwise. I think we have to believe that showing love and kindness to people may actually save their life and their souls. We are called as a people of faith to big things. So your assignments this week, 
and I got some guidance from uh, Alex on this. The first thing is a reflection question, not an action step. So um, what big things have you done in your life? Sometimes I hear uh, someone will say, I'll say, what do you do for a living? They'll say, oh, I'm just a stay-home mom. Oh, my goodness, do not say just. <laughs> What's more important than raising a child well, right? What's more important than making food that pe- whatever it is you do, there's, there's a reason you do it. There's a reason someone pays you to do it. It's important. But what big things have you done in your life? I was thinking about graduating college. Oh, a lot of people graduate from college, but it's hard. It's hard work. And I was at a liberal arts college, so I had to take, like, classes that had nothing to do with being a, a technology person. I had to take, like, geology classes. And my friends wanted to, like, <clears throat> play pickup basketball, right? <laughs> it's a hard decision. I got to study for this test and something that I'll never use, right? The common complaint. So what big things have you done in your life? That's a confidence builder to remind us that we, we do do big things. Um, the action steps are who do you know? that maybe needs a little kindness, a little help, um, a little encouragement, a text, a note, an email, a phone call, however you do it. Reach out to them. Do it. And know it's a big deal. Know it makes a difference. And finally, if you got a great story, email it to me. If you got a good story, email it to me. I want to get to know you. And I, I'm, I've told, uh, I said this a few weeks back, I at the end of my six months here, I want to be a resource to this church. Um, I want to get to know people. I, I'll still be part of the Cathedral of Rockies family. Uh, I love being here. It's just been a week, and I already love It was actually a short week with a holiday, but <laughs> I love being here, and I look forward to, um, to getting to know everyone a little better and being uh, part of your faith journey. Let's take a moment to pray. God in heaven, uh, like Abraham and Sarai, you have blessed us to be a blessing in the world. And though the things we do may not look big on the cultural perspective, uh, we know that every time we show a little love, have a little bit of faith the size of a mustard seed, that really big things, really good things can happen, the things you call us to do. So pour out your spirit upon us so that we might be those people who are light and who are salt in the world around us. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Here at Cathedral of the Rockies, our motto is all means all, and we strive to truly live this out. You can help be a part of this by giving to us online. Here at the Amity campus specifically, we feed the hungry through our very active food pantry. Also, we are building up our children and youth programs so that we can serve all families in our area and then also provide safe spaces for them to just be themselves. All means all. Any amount given is an investment that allows us to continue to serve those who join us in person and online and serve the growing neighborhoods around our church building. There is a link in the show notes where you can give online. Thanks again for joining us today and have a great rest of your day.